This is the Raising Athletes Podcast, episode 24, with Austin Hatch. Adversity is an opportunity. Hi. This is, I'm, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Athletes. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. We have a very special guest, and his name is Austin Hatch. And I was lucky enough to meet him in person two weeks ago, but the first time I heard his story was about four years ago, actually, about the same time that I learned we were moving to Los Angeles and that my oldest son was going to be a freshman and we were going to attend um, Loyola High School here in Los Angeles. Um, he was on an E60 because his story is so special, which he'll tell you all about it. But he survived not only one plane crash where he lost his mother, his sister, and his brother, but a second plane crash where he lost his father and his stepmom. And his story is so moving because of his attitude, because of how he chooses to do life. His mantra being, adversity is an opportunity. And I think it's so important for us all to listen to him talk about how he sees life. Even in the darkest of times, he's able to see the light and, and go for what he truly wants because he, he'll tell us about grit and what that means to him and gratitude, growth mindset, resilience, integrity, and team, and how those four or five aspects play out in his life. So... So excited to share this with you. Please enjoy this special episode with Austin Hatch. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm Raising Athletes. We have a very special guest for you, Austin Hatch. And I can't wait to get into discussing his life and adventures with you. But before we jump into his story, uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission and their mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I volleyball athlete and a Nike executive, I have always loved understanding the power of what makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three and someone who is currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream to play sports in college, Susie and I have created this podcast to help others who are trying to raise not only strong athletes, but more importantly, good people. And today, we are lucky to have one of the best on uh, talking about good people. I am so excited to have Austin Hatch on our podcast. Thank you for being here. 
Oh, Kirsten, thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. This is so cool. So uh, full disclosure to our audience. So my sons attend Loyola High School here in Los Angeles, California, and Austin uh, attended here in, in two, 2014. Is that right? You graduated? Yep. Yep. 2013, the fall of 2013 to the spring of 2014. Okay. Just, there, so- just, there, just there one year. So we just got connected by the amazing coach, Jamal Adams, the men's basketball coach at Loyola High School, and got an introduction last week. And as soon as I met Austin, I said, we, we got to have him on the podcast. So maybe we can just start to share with our audience, you know, if you would tell, our, tell, tell us your story. Yeah, well, um, so I was, uh, I was born to an incredible family in Foreign, Indiana, um, you know, I've had an older sister, younger brother, two amazing parents. Um, grew up, grew up in the gym, so more or less. And you know, the the gym was my second home, and I love the game. I still love the game, um, the game of basketball. That is, and um, but tragically, um, my family and I were were flying to our vacation home in northern Michigan uh, in uh, September of two thousand three when. Um, the air aircraft unfortunately crashed and claimed the lives of my mother, my sister, and my brother. Um, my dad and I were both injured, but um, you know, survived and um, were able to you know you cope, use each other to get through the loss, overcome the loss, overcome the grief. Not that we'll ever overcome it, um, but you know, use each other as um, to kind of hold hold each other hold each other accountable and be strong for each other and push each other to get better and put to overcome the adversity. Um, so my dad was remarried a couple of years later and then, um, I continued to work on my basketball skills. And then, uh, I was offered a scholarship to play at the university of Michigan by coach Beeline, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I accepted the offer right away. And, um, what was my dream. age were you, you were a sophomore or I was, I, I was 16. Yes, ma'am. And, wow. That's um, really, that's amazing. And, and it was, uh, it was my dream to, play at Michigan. And then, um, you know, that dream had part of it had come true. Um, obviously my, I had, I had big goals at Michigan, but first part of the first part of accomplishing the goal was to actually get to Michigan. Right. And, um, so he offered me a coach, offered me a scholarship. I accepted. And then, um, tragically nine days later on June 24th, 2011, um, I was involved in another airplane crash that claimed the lives of my, my, my second mother. I never used the term stepmom, but my second mother um, and my dad were, were both killed in that crash, and I was um, I was severely injured. Um, I was in a coma for two and a half months, and they didn't think the doctors didn't think I was going to make it. But you know, fortunately, I did with the help of many. Um, I made it, and I survived, and had a long road to recovery. And um, with the help of many, many people and thousands of people across the country praying for me that I don't even know and that I'll never meet. Um, you know, those people were all on the team that helped me get better too, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, we, uh, we, we got, we got better. We got to the point of where we could go to, go to Michigan. And, um, I was on the team. I couldn't really play. I mean, I, I was, you know, I helped them practice and things like that, but I, I only, I only scored one official point, um, in my career. And I was actually, I was fouled on a three pointer. Um, and I, well, I suppose so I went one of two from the line in an exhibition game, but then, in a real game, I went. I fouled on a three and went one of three. So I'm a career forty percent free throw shooter. 
<laughs> from the line. So I'm not, I'm not proud of that. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And I'm at Michigan, my, in the fall of my freshman year, I met my wife, Abby. Um, and we dated through college and got married after we, after I graduated and yeah, we're, uh, life is good. Life is good. I just watched your YouTube video somebody made of you from your wedding. I was bawling yesterday as I was watching. Oh, uh, uh, well, thank oh, you. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, that story is <clears throat> is hard to believe, right? It's all it's surreal that you would one person would go through all of that. And I think the most fascinating part for me, and I actually heard your story several years ago, right when you were leaving Loyola to go to to Michigan, but your attitude and your outlook on life. I mean, where does that come from? I mean, was that something, were you always the happy kid that everybody just loved and adored? Or is this something that you've honed over time through your adversity? Uh, Yeah, Kirsten. Well, I think it, um, I mean, I don't know. I like to think that I was a pretty, pretty positive kid growing up. And, um, you know, obviously I, you know, my, my positive outlook on life was really put to the test when I went through the the accidents, both of them. Um, but especially in pertinence to the second one, um, I've kind of, I kind of had this viewpoint that, you know, what many people associate, um, you know, as a negative, many people associate adversity with a negative opposition with a negative. Um, I've kind of shifted that to instead view adversity as opportunity to instead view it as an opportunity to grow as an opportunity to get better an opportunity to prove to myself and prove to others that, you know, we can overcome anything we put our minds to. And, um, I think it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's a decision that we don't have to make, but it's, it's a decision. We can all make it a decision to, um, to be positive in the face of adversity, a decision to, um, you know, not, not view as, ver- not, not view adversity as solely negative. Obviously what I went through is negative loss. My family is awful, of course, but I mean, as far as the, um, the journey that I was on, I wouldn't change it. Even if I could, um, no, that, you know, everything that I went through and that, what I learned from it, um, I wouldn't change a thing. And obviously, I, as I said, I'll bring my family back in a second if I could, but, um, you know, what this journey how it forced me to adapt, how it forced me to, um, to learn, learn to do things a little differently, how, how it forced me to see things from a different perspective. I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change that. And yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, over time, um, we have the decision, a a decision we can all make is to, um, you know, obviously everyone's heard, you know, the glass is half full, half empty. It's if it's half, if it's half full, or if it's half empty, it's also half full, right? Of course, everyone's heard that, but I think we can, um, if we make the decision to, to focus on all that we're still blessed to have, um, rather than what we've lost or what may be not, may, what may be going wrong in our lives, if we focus on the things that are going right, um, I think that generally will lead to, um, to us being more positive and us being in a better mood for the most part. Adversity is an opportunity. I love that. That is so powerful. Because so many of us have adversity and not, not even anywhere near the scale that you've had it. Yet, you know, for our listeners, it might be your cut, kid got cut from the team or they're not playing a lot or they flunked a test or a girlfriend broke up with them or whatever the adversity is. And, you know, not belittling anyone else's adversity, but 
having perspective like that to be able to look at it from above almost and say, wow, I can look at this and I can see good in it is, is, and how old are you? 22? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 24. 24, right? I mean, yeah. at such yeah. a young age, I mean, you talk to some 60 year olds who still haven't realized <laughs> adversity as an opportunity or 80 year olds, right? So, yeah. wow. Amazing. And well, well, thank you. Uh, so impressive. And, you know, grit and resilience are two huge themes in your life. And I know you talk a lot, you do a lot of public speaking now, which is so incredible. And mm-hmm. um, could you, 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 I think spoke last week at Loyola about grit and you have a little uh, G R I T stands for, for some yep. different words. Yeah. Talk us to, through about what each of those letters stands for and means to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think grit is is what enables people to overcome adversity in general. It's certainly what helped me overcome adversity, obviously. Um, you know, I had the help of thousands of people, my family, friends, doctors, nurses, therapists, people across the country praying for me and giving me the well wishes that I'll never meet. Those people helped me too. Um, but as far, as far as, you know, overcoming adversity, I think we, I mean, there is a People can help us and pray for us and, you know, give us their well wishes and all, but we still have to make it happen. Um, and I think that one of the ways we can do that is with grit. A lot of people have talked about grit recently, but, you know, about working hard, being diligent, persevering, being tough, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that's all true. And people have said that grit's about, you know, working for the long-term goals. That's also true. Um, it's about consistent action, not about being intense in the short term. It's like being consistent over the long term. I get that, but I think I think grit applies to everything we, we do every single day. Um, I think we can approach everything we do with grit, and if we choose, if we make the decision to do so, I think um, that'll generally lead to positive outcomes. And what I'm what I what I mean by approaching things with grit, um, it's kind of I'm I'm kind of use, so grit. I'm kind of using it as an adjective in a way. It may not make any sense. I mean, I went to Michigan; it's a great school, but. <laughs> um, and it may may not make sense for me to use grit as an adjective. Um, oh, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I like it. Yeah, it's kind of a. It kind of it kind of describes describes a describes a perspective on life, describes an outlook on things. Um, and so, grit to me is four. It's four. It's four letters. There are four key components to grit. But I, I believe grit's driven by um, knowing our purpose, having a greater reason for why we do what we do. Because it was it was just by any one of us. Um, I believe at a certain point in life, we're going to hit some form of adversity that's a lot bigger and tougher than we are that'll make us quit if we don't have a driving force for why we do what we do. But if we're working for something bigger than ourselves, if we're working for the team, if we're working for the we, for the company, the organization, our our teammates, our coworkers, our families, our friends, whoever it may be, um, if we're working for a bigger purpose, I don't think there's anything that we can't overcome. And furthermore, I don't think there's anything that we won't do to overcome the adversity we face. So I think First and foremost, grit driven by having a greater purpose for why we do what we do. Um, and the four key components that are driven by that, that greater purpose are uh, G. The G in grit is the growth, stands for the growth mindset. The growth mindset believes that, you know, this this is inconvenient. This, this may be inconvenient. I, I didn't wish for this to happen. But since it did, I'm going to find a way to grow from. I'm going to use this as a way to learn, as a way to get better. Um, and I'm going to take this thing that is initially perceived as a negative. I'm going to turn it into a positive because I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to use it as an opportunity. And I'm going to look back on this, you know, in, in a few years after, after I've overcome this, this obstacle, I'm going to look back on that and say, man, you know what? 
that was that was really a learning opportunity. Um, you know, it's it's not. I mean, in the present or in, in at the time when we when something bad happens, something um, when adversity happens, it's not like I will I wake up every day and I'm like yeah yeah you know what I need more adversity in my life. I need more challenge. I need I need more trials or whatever you want to say. But I know that when when those things inevitably come, I know that I'm going to use those as opportunities to learn and opportunities to get better, both for myself as well as for my family. Because you know, it's now that you know I'm married now, and it's not about me. It's about it's about the weed. Maybe it's never been about me. It's always been about the weed. But now it's I'm going to use the things I face, the little struggles that I face every day. How can I learn from those to to be a better husband and um, someday in a few years a better father too? So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the growth mindset believes that, you know, we can grow from anything we experience and we can use anything that is initially perceived as a negative. We can find ways to twist those negatives into positives. So if purpose drives our growth, it drives the growth mindset. And it also drives the R and grit is the, is the decision to be resilient. We're not a product of our circumstances. We're a product of how we choose to respond. And, you know, we never, we, you know, we very rarely have control over the adversity that we face every day, but um, you know, most people don't wish adversity on themselves or on anyone else for that matter, but, um, we always have control over how we choose to respond. It's a decision we can all make. You know, obviously there are some cases where, um, like for me, I couldn't, you know, the way I, the way I wanted to respond, I wanted to be able to, stay, you know, to, you know, the accident happened. I wake up from the coma. I wanted to get back up and go get back on the basketball court right away. It didn't, I obviously it took me three years to get back on the basketball court, but um, if we, if we make the decision to be resilient, we, we make little, we do the little things. We, we, we get, we try to get 1% better every day, mm. figuratively speaking. Maybe it's, maybe it's 1%, maybe it's 0.5%, maybe you get the point. And I think that we, um, we have the viewpoint that, you know what, every day I can either, I can either get better or I can get worse. I can get closer to my goal of getting back or I can stay the same, which is, because improvement's relative, right? If we stay the same, I think we get worse, relatively speaking. I love um, the 1%. Do you have certain things you do every single day in order to ensure that you're moving in the right direction? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when, when, we, when I was playing sports, it was, it was you know, just work, work on my balance every single day. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that's what um, was, was really impaired due to my traumatic brain injury. You know, I, I really struggled to um, to regain my balance. And it, it was, I had to make conscious effort to, to do the things that were once intangible. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't have to think about doing certain moves on the court before, but now when the accident happened, um, I couldn't do those things as easily. So I had to retrain myself and constantly repeat the, the same action to ensure that I was, um, you know, reestablishing those pathways in my brain and re, um, reestablishing those connections from my brain to my muscles. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, if we, if, if you, if we repeat something, you know, eventually it'll become a habit. Right. And, um, if we repeat the same, the same, the same accurate, accurate movements and the same accurate skills, the same, whatever you want to call it, if we do it, if we repeat it, um, consistently enough for long enough, eventually that skill is going to sink in. Deliberate um, practice, then you're speaking. Yeah. Deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Not just, not, not just going to not just not just going to the gym and shooting threes or yeah. NBA threes. Right. Yeah, it's 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 always always starting close to the basket. The first twenty minutes of a workout or 
inside the lane. Um, and then you work your way out because, you know, if you can't, if you can't consistently make the little bunny shots, yeah. I don't think you deserve to have the, the green light to shoot from three. And most coaches would feel the same way. So everybody wants to dunk, but we don't spend yeah. most of the game dunking, right? No, 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 I got, I got to work on the ball handling and her passing and it, it all, it all fits together. So, so I talked about how the greater purpose first and foremost, it drives the growth mindset and it drives us to make the decision to be resilient. The, the third component to grit in my view is, um, a high level of integrity. And of course that's, you know, being a, being men and women of our word and uh, doing the right thing when no one is looking. And, um, that's, of course that's true, but I think in the context of overcoming adversity, I think integrity, um, is more about following through on our commitments. And it's, it's about doing what we said we would do, especially when we have a change in our circumstances. It's about following through on what we commit to, um, regardless of our circumstances. And, a, and an, an example is coach beyond offered me a scholarship when I was playing at a pretty high level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or at least a high enough of level to get his attention. And when I mean, he saw that I had a future at Michigan, a future on, on his teams on the court, which would have been awesome. But, you know, life has uh, had, had some different plans for me. And, um, but as soon as the accident happened, I mean, he came to see me in the hospital when I would, I didn't even know it was there when I was in a coma, he came to visit me when I was, you know, he came to visit me. And when I really learned how to walk and when I was, when I woke up from the coma and was learning how to walk, he told me, I can't wait to coach you someday, Austin. And I mean, that's like, I mean, that's about as good of an example of following through on our commitments as I can, as I can think of, because Exactly. You know, you, you know, you know, he offered me a scholarship and I was going to be able to help his teams on the court. Um, but his, his follow through wasn't solely contingent, um, based on what I could do for him. It was, you know, he, he, he recognized that we made a commitment to each other and that, and he, and he prioritized, um, being a man of his word. Um, maybe he could have got someone else on the team that could have took my spot would have helped him on the court, but you know, what message does that, does that send to my teammates or my coaches or, or anyone else or, or not, not even that so much. It's just, I mean, yeah. he's just the kind of, kind of the guy that, you know, you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And character and integrity, char- character, integrity. And if he, if he, if he tells us, tells the players to have character and to have integrity, to be diligent, be trustworthy and, and if he, if he tells us to do that and he's not, you know, what does that really mean? Right. Yes. But, but if he, if he leads by example in that way, I mean, I think, I think everyone on the team really buys, buys in obviously. So the, 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 so the first components of grit are, it's driven by greater purpose. The purpose drives the growth mindset, drives us to make the decision to be resilient. And it drives us to have a high level of integrity and always follow through on our commitments and do, do what we said we would do, especially when we have a change in circumstance. Yeah, the last component to grit, in my opinion, is the team first mentality. Thinking about the we before the me. Thinking about we, us, and our, rather than me, mine, my. And you know, sometimes we're just gonna have to do what the team needs. And um, an example I'll give is, you know, I would have loved to be on the be on the team with my guys on the court, scoring and rebounding and playing defense and all that. But um, since I couldn't, you know, I, I took pride in the role that I could fill um, in practice or, you know, but in one of the, one of the roles that I'll, that I, that I, that I try to, t- to talk about, not that I'm telling people, you know, to, you know, cause I need to tell people that I was a great teammate or whatever, but, um, 
So the baggage on road trips, the bags didn't go from the bus to the plane. And if I could help the team by unloading the bags a little bit better, if I could unload those bags 1% more efficiently, 1% more effectively, maybe that would help my, my guys get, get to sleep at night 1%, 1% sooner and get a 1% better night of rest. And then maybe that would help us play 1% better, which could be the, the key differentiator in the outcome of a game. So, and I would have loved to be on the court and have, you know, been, you know, scoring and rebounding, as I said, but since I could, all I could do or what, or what I could do to help the team the most was to unload the luggage from, from the plane or the bus. I mean, sometimes you just got to do what the team needs and may not be flashy, may not get rewarded for it, may not get attention or get noticed, but, um, someone's got to do it. And, you know, I think it's important that we take pride in the roles that we can all fill. So. High tide that, raises all boats, right? Yeah, a high tide raises all boats. Yes, ma'am. And you, what are you telling yourself? So I think this one is such an important point because this generation, this next generation, we're raising kids who are told maybe they had talent like you did. And so they're catered to, or they're, you know, even early on, seventh grade, you're, you're getting a lot of accolades. And then at some point, you know, the pyramid starts to get really, really steep when you get to middle school. And now, you know, it's, it's the pressures coming down even at the high school level where when I was in high school, you know, almost everybody could make a team. You maybe not got to be a starter, but you could make a team. And now it's mm-hmm. even difficult to make the high school team because if you're not playing club sports, you can't make the high school team. So what advice do you have around, I mean, the mindset piece, right, is what's driving I don't want to carry luggage. Who am I to carry luggage? <laughs> right? Like that's, yeah. that's not, what it, how do you, how do you get there? What, it, what is, what does that look like? Well, it's, uh, I think again, so I talked about making the decision to be resilient, the, uh, the decision to prioritize our response to adversity rather than focus on the adversity itself. And I think it's a, it's a decision we can all make. And it's a decision we need to, we need to train ourselves to make because, a decision to think about the team first and um, think about the we before the me, you know what the me, the me in me would say, yeah, of course I'd love to be on the court. Of course I'd love to be, you know, scoring, rebounding, playing defense. And of course, I don't have any business unloading luggage. I mean, I'm on the team. I, I, I was offered a full ride scholarship. I don't deserve to be, I shouldn't be unloading bags. Someone else should do that. Well, you know what? My, my circumstances are changed. Unfortunately, um, that was, you know, if that, if that's how I could help the team, that's what the team needed from me. Um, that's what, I, that's what I needed to do. And what the team needs may not probably will not, not align with what we want, what, what the team wants will generally not be the same thing as what we want. Um, and like, you know, you know, in our heart of hearts, we're not going to say, Oh yeah, I really want to unload these bags, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm on this bus. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm just itching to go down and unload those bags. No, but like, but when, but when the team needs it, if that's, it, I mean, for me, it's like you know, if if that helps, if that can help the team get one one percent closer to winning a championship, why wouldn't you do that? And you know, if if the team succeeds, we succeed too. Not not that we think we got to think about it that way, but um. I, to be honest with you, I don't really, I mean, of course I understand why some people wouldn't want to do that. Of course I didn't, I wasn't always thrilled to go, you know, when all my, when all, all my teammates got to stay on the, stay on the bus and then, you know, go, go get out on the court and warm up and stuff. And I was there unloading bags and whatever, but you know, I mean, 
sometimes we just got to do what the team needs, as I said. And yeah. I think that as soon as we shift our focus from me to we, um, that's a day that, you know, our perspective on things and, you know, our outlook on life is going to totally change. And I think, I think that decision to, the, the decision to focus on the we versus the me is probably one of the most important decisions we'll make in life because, um, you know, the decision to focus on the me versus the, we, or, or the, the decision to focus on the we rather than me, um, that, that decision doesn't only apply to sports. That decision applies to, to business, to any occupation. That decision applies to life, life after sports, marriage. Well, I dare say that that's a great segue because I dare say, and I don't know your circumstances. I know you're now working for, can we t- talk about the company you're working for? Is that okay? Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah, Domino's, number, right? number one, number one pizza company in the world. Right. There you go. Working for Domino's yeah. pizza. And I dare say somebody at Domino's probably spoke to somebody on your team, maybe your coach to ask, what are the attributes or traits that, that Austin has as to why I would want to hire him? Right. And that might have had something to do with how you got your next step, which is essentially what we're talking about when we're looking at sports. You know, very, very, very 1.00001% of us will go on to play pro anything, right? Most Mm -hmm. of us are trying to parlay it into a career of some sort. So dare say whatever skills, abilities, tools you acquire from that team that we, that's going to be a carryover and that's you know, got to be what's looked at by the, by the next boss company opportunity that you have. Yep. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And yeah, because we, you know, we think that, you know, playing sports, yeah, it only applies to, you know, to our careers as athletes, but the lessons we learn, the lessons that we train ourselves to do, um, you know, to the, the time, time management, the commitment to the team, the, the commitment to, always showing up at practice, always, you know, always being prepared. Those, those, those things will carry over to every other part of our lives too. And I'm not saying that if you don't play sports, you're not going to learn those, but I'm saying that sports are great, a great tool to, to teach ourselves some much, much more and much bigger and much more important lessons about life. And, um, you know, you know, when, so in, in the basketball context, I know you're a volleyball player and maybe I can think of a, Bible example for this too, but you know, in the basketball context, you know, you got five guys in the court playing as one, right? If a if you if you if your man's in the corner and the ball is in the opposite corner, if that guy drives baseline, you're just you're gonna be there to cut off the baseline and t- sacrifice your body and take a charge. It's just what it's it's what you do. Yeah. And your teammate is counting on you to do that. Your teammate's expecting you to do that. And if you don't do that, you let your teammate down. And I think that as a microcosm, there are, as a microcosm of the real world, um, there are examples like that in business. There are examples like that in family. There are examples like that in marriage. There are, you know, if, 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 if your teammates are expecting things from you, if they're counting on you to deliver on something and you don't deliver on it, I mean, the, the, the repercussions of that will be much bigger in real life than it will be in sports. So I think that, um, we need to use sports as a means to train ourselves um, to, to learn viable lessons that we, that, that will literally will apply to the rest of our lives. Because if you, if you, if we consistently follow through on our commitments to the team, if we consistently cut off the baseline and take the charge literally or metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. when it comes to real, when it comes to real life, 
we're not going to know any different. Of course, if, if our, if our teammate our our wife or our family, if our, if our teammates need us to cut off the baseline, sacrifice their body and take a charge, we're not going to think twice about it. Obviously that's metaphorically speaking when it comes to real life, but you get my point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I, another thing I admire about you is your obviously focus on the future and what you're creating. And when you came out of that coma, you were moving towards Michigan. You were, you had a goal, you were, you know, probably obviously first to walk and talk and get all of the skills back and then to get back onto the floor. And now that you've graduated, you know, here at 24 and married. And so what are you creating now? I, I can't wait to see what the next thing is because I know it's going to be huge. Yeah, well, you know, right now I'm just I'm focused on being a great husband and taking <laughs> taking take, so <laughs> take care of my wife. Well, I guess you can ask. I can ask my wife. She's out. Yeah. In the living room. Should we she's get her? Out the, she's out. In the, she's she's out in the living room. But I think I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing okay. Um, you know, so we're uh, we're about ten months into marriage, and Woo-hoo. um, actually, no, nine months, going on nine months. Um. It's important to yeah. remember the anniversary. I'll give you that. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially, in, especially in the first year, right? Yeah, that's a hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. We're we're blessed, and um. Yeah, we're just focused on building our future together, one day at a time. And yeah, you know, for me personally, you know, the the speaking thing. I love speaking, and would love to see that grow and and get bigger and you know i think the opportunities will present present themselves but um you we also can't just expect things to happen we got to make them happen right and right. can't want for it want it to happen or wish it to happen or uh man it'd be nice if that happened you know obviously that's all good to have too but um i think there there are things that we control that can play a big role in making things happen too so Taking steps every day. That's that 1% you were talking about, right? So yep. 1% better today and serve yep. my highest goal, my highest vision. Yes. Yep. Could be, or it could be 0.1%. Yeah, true. Or true. 0.001%. Yeah. Depending yeah, on the... Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. This has been phenomenal. I and mean, we could go on forever, but I know you need to get to dinner. And um, if we could just end with one last question that we love to... you know. And with all, with all of our guests. Yeah, absolutely. If you would finish this sentence for me, all great athletes I know do this. Okay. Well, well, that, that, that could have a few different answers, but. Well, I like um, that. um, But I'm processing, I'm trying to process them quickly (laughs) in my brain. Um, I would say the, 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 the biggest thing that I would say, um, is for, from my experience, from what I've seen, um, the players, have- I've, the players I've been around, you know, maybe I would have been a great, I mean, I was, I was okay back in the day. I wasn't great by any means, but, um, you know, I think, I think the oh, biggest yeah, thing to play D one is you're in the top 1%, two, uh, sorry, there's 3% who play D one basketball. So yeah, you were, you were part of this elite crew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Well, thank you, Kirsten. I appreciate it. But I would say the, I would say that the, my answer to that question is twofold. Um, one is great athletes, peak performers, anyone who's great at anything, you got to pay attention to detail. Um, 
You know, the, the little things matter. The little things aren't really a little thing because they make a huge difference, whether it's in, you know, practicing a little bit harder, a little bit smarter, getting a little more rest at night, being a little more conscious of what you're eating. You know, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's, if your friends are staying out till midnight, maybe you're only going to stay out to 11 with them. And so you can get, go home and get to bed. Even if you don't have a game that weekend, it's, it's about training yourself to, to be disciplined and training yourself to realize that, um, you know, things we, everything we do either, either helps us or hurts us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, stuff is the big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So I would say, I would say attention to detail is the first thing. Um, and you can, you, and there are thousands of examples of that thousands of ways you can apply that to your life. But I would say the second thing, um, is be relentless in your pursuit of ma- I don't want to say mastering, but be, be, be relentless in your pursuit of improvement, especially of the, of the fundamentals, especially of the basketball players, the ball handling, um, you know, just, you should always have, we should always have a ball in our hand. You know, any, any excuse you have to have a ball in your hand, any excuse you have, you know, to be, to be doing something that somewhat simulates a game, like, you know, maybe that's, you know, like practicing, you know, dribbling, you know, behind your back, but maybe that's practicing dribbling with your eyes closed. Maybe that's dribbling two balls at once. And then if you can dribble two balls at once, well, then you're going to be able to dribble, dribble one ball at once. Well, and, you know, I think that, yeah, it's, I would say just try to do everything in your power to, to get a little bit better every single day. Doesn't that, you don't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to, you know, build Rome. Rome wasn't built in the day, but, um, if there's, if there's something that you know you need to get better at, or, or if there's something your coach tells you need to get better at, be coachable um, and work your tail off to get better at that because you know the coach probably isn't telling you that because he wants to be a jerk to you. He's probably telling you that because he wants you to be the best you can be. And I think the same thing is true for the parents. I mean, obviously, I'm not a parent yet, and, but I think that you know if the, the coach, most coaches, obviously, there are some that are that may not be. May not, may, this may not be true, but most coaches have um, their players' best interest in mind, and the the best five on the court are going to are the best five on the, are going to play. The best the, the five that fit the best together are going to play. And if you know what, if if our if our son or daughter doesn't fit that, in that five today, there's no reason that he can, that he can't work work his tail off, his or her tail off, and be be in that five next year, right? And yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's easy to, you know, of course, you know, and I see my, see my cousins or see anyone I know play, I want them in the game. I want them starting. I want them, oh, I want them getting the ball, you know, but like, we got to think about the team first, because if we, if we don't think about the team first, how can we expect them to, right? Excellent advice. So I think a great research project for anyone out there listening, go, whoever your hero is, whatever sport it is, Google them and find out. What do they eat? How much do they sleep? What is their daily routine? How many, you know, how many hours they practice? Actually, I was at a volleyball tournament with my daughter, my 13-year-old daughter this weekend in Denver, and I was talking to her coach and he said, well, you know, Misty May, who was four-time gold medal beach volleyball champion and a college volleyball champion, every day after practice, she would set for two hours a day 
after the three-hour practice every day, even after they won the national title. You know, so the little stuff is the big stuff. And, you know, everybody could say, well, you're already a national champion. Why, why are you wasting your time in the gym? You can go do other things. But that's how then she translated it onto the beach and became, so I'm, you know, thousands of examples of what, like you're talking about. I think that's, you know, spot on paying attention to detail and, yep. and being relentless in your pursuit of 1%, one percent point zero zero one percent, whatever that is. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. For sure. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you so oh, much. This is oh my gosh, my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you so much for for the opportunity to to be on the podcast with you, Kirsten. I greatly appreciate it, and hope we uh, hope we provided something viable for the listeners to take away. Absolutely. So, last thing, we, where can we find you on social media? We know you got to be out there somewhere, right? Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on. I'm on Twitter a little bit. Um, I don't really tweet much, but. <laughs> um, I think I'm Austin Hatch 30 on Twitter. I think I don't even know my my little, <laughs> whatever my whatever my name is or yeah, um, you'll find me. <laughs> yeah, or, or 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 LinkedIn is the is the is the better way because that's where I post a lot of my speaking stuff. Um, oh great! To try to get my name out there. Okay, um, well, I, we cannot wait to see what's next. I know big things, even more big things. You had shared with me the other day that you already did a graduation speech at university of michigan i mean that's phenomenal that's really really cool yeah well thank you yeah i was honored and honored and very appreciative of the opportunity to share with my peers and yeah um, yeah i mean that that that's the ultimate compliment for me when when your peers you know select you as the as the speaker that's a that's a compliment for sure for sure so thank you so much for your time Oh my gosh, Kirsten, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, again, hope we hope we provided the listeners with something viable. So Absolutely.